It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good morning. Welcome into A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you there's a point of emphasis. Welcome in. We are live. Yes, very live here on our live stream on our YouTube channel at Locked On Sports Atlanta. I hope you guys are watching and following along. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. We've got a lot to get to today in the show. The Braves will start uh, the the post-Mets series uh, and try to wake up in Boston, if you will, uh, after a, a tough five-game series. And uh, there is an interesting part to the Braves losing that could be beneficial to them. We'll get to that coming up, plus a shift in dynamic in the NBA that is starting to be very alarming, to say the least. But uh, we are going to start today with the Atlanta Falcons, and they're back on the practice field. Obviously, they have the game uh, coming up on Friday. And well, I'd love to do the uh, sports talk thing of what do you expect to see in the first game, the first preseason game. I'm not going to waste your time uh, with any of that. Something came out yesterday that I thought was very interesting. And I think it's something that the Falcons can decidedly take advantage of because I think maybe, maybe Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot knew exactly what they were doing when they constructed this roster. You know, we've talked so much about the size of this receiving core, right? We've talked so much about how much this wide receiver room and tight end room is being built based off of size. And the idea, essentially, they want to play basketball on a football field for 60 minutes, or at least when they're on offense. And and that makes sense. I've said for a long time that part of that, that logic and ideology is simply because they are doing that to help out a quarterback who isn't very accurate, Marcus Mariota, and a young quarterback who also we're seeing reports now about his lack of accuracy in Desmond Ritter. You know, the big catch radius deal and and give him a big target and everything else. I think all that stuff holds true, but there may be something else that adds to that because guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London were drafted to create mismatches defensively. There's at this point, there's not anybody on the field who really can cover Kyle Pitts one on one. And I don't think that is an exaggeration statement to make in saying that Kyle Pitts at this point in man coverage is basically unguardable from a physical standpoint. Now, a lot of things could happen. It could be a bad throw. He could run a bad route. But I mean, you know, it's not impervious to being covered, but it's just, you know, one on one, the size advantage is always going to be with Kyle Pitts. There aren't many 6-4 DBs or safeties running around. Uh, they're just not. So, and, and the linebackers who are 6-4, probably not as fast as Kyle Pitts. So there's your mismatch. And the same thing with Drake London. He's just going to outsize people on the outside. Not a lot of 6-3 cornerbacks who are that fast that can keep up uh, with, with speedy wide receivers. So those guys were drafted with the idea of creating mismatches. And it's on Arthur Smith to do that. He is the head coach. It is his job to create those mismatches and set up those opportunities where those guys are going to have a decided advantage. 
This is the thing that came out yesterday that actually adds an edge to their decided size advantage. The NFL said yesterday that they are making a point of emphasis on illegal contact penalties. Now, I don't know how much you guys pay attention, but the point of emphasis thing comes out every year in some size, way, shape, or form with officiating. The NFL goes back and looks at all their penalty statistics from the previous season, and the competition committee gets together and decides, do we need to make this a point of emphasis? Do we need to warn officials that, hey, we haven't been calling this enough, or here are so many times that we missed this call, so on and so forth. The point of emphasis this year is on illegal contact on the defense. Now, again, full disclosure, I'm somebody who believes there are way too many defensive penalties called. There are way too many defensive penalties that result in automatic first downs. But that said, this one can actually help out the Falcons a ton. Now, the difference between illegal contact and defensive pass interference is fairly simple for those who don't know. Illegal contact is called when there is illegal contact made or adverse contact or, or impeding contact made with the receiver while the quarterback still has the ball and is in the pocket. Those two things have to be there. Quarterback still has to have the ball and has to be in the pocket. That's an illegal contact penalty, five yards and an automatic first down. If the ball's in the air, it's pass interference, which is a spot foul and an automatic first down. So this, this uh, illegal contact thing could certainly benefit the Falcons. Now, just for some frame of reference, on average, illegal contact has been called 97 times a season through 2020. That's on average. In 2021, illegal contact was only called 36 times. Now, in 2014, they also made this a point of emphasis, and they went from 52 in 2013 to 148 in 2014. Same thing in 2004. In 2003, they had 79 illegal contact penalties, made it a point of emphasis the following year, rose to 191. Is there a better team equipped right now with better personnel to take advantage of illegal contact than trying to stay with Kyle Pitts in the first seven or eight yards of his route? This is where like 40 time becomes important, right? Because if it takes you four seconds, four and a half seconds to run your 40, um, that, you know, to get 10 yards downfield, theoretically, takes about a little bit more than a second. Now, why does, it, why does that timing matter? Because you have an offensive line that doesn't protect you for more than three at this point in time. So the illegal contact has to come while the quarterback is in the pocket and still has the ball. If you can create a mismatch and force illegal contact within a second and a half to two seconds, you got a shot to get a free play out of this. Not necessarily a free play, but you know what I mean. A play that's going to result in an automatic first down. There has got to be mismatches created by Arthur Smith to exploit this and take advantage of it. Because I think it's super, super important um, that the Falcons get every edge they can. If they're going to win games this year, competitive, they're going to need stuff like this in their back pocket. They are absolutely going to have to take advantage of a point of emphasis and create a legal contact. And if I was... Uh, if I was Arthur Smith, I'd be telling Kyle Pitts and Drake London, get all handsy as soon as you can. Now, the way defenses can avoid this is they'll play six, seven yards off. But then it's on Arthur Smith to pivot and take the five-yard dig route or, or out route or whatever it is that they're playing off you and take it. Like, this is the scheme that Arthur Smith, and I believe he, I mean, I'm not saying anything that he doesn't know already, trust me, but I believe 100% Arthur Smith 
is the right guy to be able to do this, to make these adjustments. That to me is critical. And for a coach who likes to run out of big formations, you know, tight ones, multiple tight ends with only one wide receiver, you're going to get guys who aren't used to covering on Kyle Pitts, maybe on Drake London, um, or even any of the other tight ends that they have to create these mismatches and, and try to draw some of these penalties. I saw that yesterday, and I just thought it was something that was very much a, a way for the Falcons to create an edge. And, and if you can't cover Kyle Pitts 10 yards down the field in, in man coverage and bump and run, we're staying tight on him because you're getting too many illegal contact penalties called, guess what? It's going to open up a world of possibilities offensively for this team. And I thought that was something that was really, really interesting. All right, coming up next, um, I want to get to one more note on the Falcons on their future, but there is a disturbing trend in the NBA that I think could lead to things getting worse rather than better. That's next. First, a word from our friends at Dave. Folks, level with me. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives where we're a little tight on cash. Maybe you couldn't afford right now to put those extra few gallons of gas in your tank or you know, you've got another save the date or, or a birthday coming up that you want to buy a gift for that you can't really afford. Well, that's where Dave can help. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now Dave can get you out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave's the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy that special gift, or even catch up on bills, you know, tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to help get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra cash, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand to yourself. Again, download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra cash and an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. All right, uh, before we move on to the NBA, I did see this list on ESPN.com, and I thought it was worthwhile. Each year, the NFL ranks all 32 teams by their under-25 talent, right? And having cheap young talent is key to winning and having a window of winning that's open. At the top of this list, and I'm just going to read you the top five, the Dallas Cowboys were number one. The Los Angeles Chargers were number two. The New York Jets were number three. The Miami Dolphins are number five. And squeezed in at number four, of course, is the Atlanta Falcons. And they described the blue chip players, Kyle Pitts, A.J. Terrell, Drake London, graduated players from this list, guys who just turned over 25, Chris Lindstrom, Isaiah Oliver, and uh, oh, how do you say his name? Alameda, Alameda Zacchaeus. Alameda Zacchaeus. Um, and, and the write-up is, you know, really good um, from the standpoint of you look at, you know, the future of where they are. Um, they also actually add into this Desmond Ritter from a standpoint of, if he has any of the value that guys like Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott got, um, it's totally going to keep them at the top of this list because quarterback is the biggest difference maker on the field. And I thought that this was pretty interesting uh, just to see that maybe the future isn't as bleak as we feel. When you've got a core of cheap young talent that they've drafted and that they've built, then you're sitting in a situation where um, you know this can get to be something really net positive for this franchise going forward. All right, let's pivot to the NBA because uh, I don't think this is net positive. But I, I saw the headline that, you know, Kevin Durant is still holding to his trade demand of the Brooklyn Nets. And apparently uh, Joe Sy 
the owner of the Brooklyn Nets or, or governor, I, I, we're not allowed to say owner anymore, I think, right? We're ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. Um, Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, uh, voices his support for the front office, even though Kevin Durant and, and, and Sy met, I think they were in London, you know, they had a meal, they said it was professional, they said it was, you know, uh, direct and to the point. But Sy had tweeted out, our front office and coaching staff have my support, we'll make the decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. And Durant is basically saying that he doesn't like, and this is according to Sham Sharani of The Athletic, he doesn't like the direction the Brooklyn Nets are headed in. And he basically gave him an ultimatum, which is trade me or fire Steve Nash, the head coach, and Sean Marks, the GM. Um, didn't Kevin Durant go to Brooklyn um, with specific requests about who he wanted on his team, particularly Kyrie Irving and everything else? Didn't, didn't he actually sort of help pick Steve Nash as the coach. Uh, yeah, see, here's the problem when you let players play GM uh, and you let them make decisions for your franchise that they shouldn't. More often than not, they get it wrong. Why? Because being a GM and being a player are not the same thing. This isn't NBA 2K. You don't get to just put together an all-star team and, and think that it's going to win. That's not how things go. Uh, and it's not just, well, I just want to play with this guy. I don't care who else is around me. Yeah, that's not how things work. Um, and I, I've detailed this on the show before, how Golden State sort of built this whole dynasty on the backs of, of forget Steph, Clay, and Draymond, but it was the other guys, the Kavon Looney's, the getting the Andrew Wiggins, the, the, the Jordan Pools, the guys that they drafted at the back end and kept around and developed. Yeah, that's kind of how you win and, and, and win sustained in the NBA. You need those guys. So Kevin Durant has already proved he's a bad GM. Now he wants out or he wants to fire the GM that he picked to be the GM so he can be the GM. You guys get all that? Okay, just making sure we're all on the same page here. This is a bad trend for the NBA. And part of me hopes that Josiah tells Kevin Durant to stick it. I get that Kevin Durant wants to win at the end of his career. Fine, right? I get that you want to, but you know what? If you're so concerned about your legacy, play. Play and win. Because guess what? You know what's going to be the tarnish on your legacy? Being a guy who has to sit out a whole year because he whined and didn't get his way. Because you're one year older, you're one more year not as good as you used to be, and now you have to go out and figure out who wants to take you at your exorbitant salary so you can be a secondary piece on a team. And maybe that's harsh because it's Kevin Durant. He's probably one of the top 15 players of all time in the NBA. That said, um, I worry about this with the Atlanta Hawks. And I ask the question, are we giving, are, are, is the Hawks front office and Hawks ownership giving Trey Young too much power? I don't know the answer to that question because I don't know how much he really has. But it's one of those things where stars get what they want in this league. And when they do, it becomes a scenario that, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't end up well. It, it becomes a scenario that you have players making decisions about the future of your team, and they don't really know what they're doing. And to me, that is a little bit disconcerting. I just wonder if in all this stuff we've seen with the Hawks, again, doesn't get along with Lloyd Pierce, as we talked about before. We have questions at best about the uh, relationship he has with John Collins. Right. Like these are these are things that are 
at this point up for debate. So I wonder how much latitude that Travis Schlenk and Landry Fields are giving to their star and how much they are taking into account what Trey really wants to help build this roster. Because it just seems and feels a little bit like when you get in this situation, you know, owners and ownership cave very quickly to star demands. And I am very pro player, but like Kevin Durant has gotten annoying at this point. He really has. Like, I, I don't mind players. I, I think players should be empowered. I think they should be able to ask for trade requests. But, man, I mean, it was a year ago you took the deal to come to Brooklyn and made all these demands to get to Brooklyn. And guess what? You got everything you wanted. It didn't work out. Now you want to make up your damn mind. Like, there's only so many times you can want something before you just become annoying. You're acting like a six-year-old. Where, you, where every three seconds you decide to change your opinion on what you feel and think and what uh, – you know, uh, you think is best for the organization. You know what's best for the organization? Go out and play the best basketball of your life, Kevin Durant. That's the best thing for the Nets organization. If you do that, everything else seems to fall into place. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll get some shovels of wisdom plus uh, the Braves and why actually losing may benefit them. We'll get to that. Coming up first, a word from our friends at betonline.net. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events. All at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB going on right now. NFL about to get underway. Already had a preseason game, preseason games this week that you can bet on. NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered with all of it. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile advice. Uh, mobile advice. <laughs> Head to BetOnline and use your mobile device to get advice and learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, uh, before we get to uh, the Braves, let's hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. You know how we do it every day. We need to set somebody straight for saying or doing something stupid, so we give them a whack right upside the head with a shovel, a metaphorical shovel, if you will. And you can do so, too, on my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Of course, use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to Bobby Johnson. Yeah, you probably don't know who Bobby Johnson is. Uh, in fact, I had to look up who Bobby Johnson was. But he's the offensive line coach of the New York Giants. Um, and let's just say, let's start the caveat to all this, that training camp fights are commonplace for the most part. There's a dozen or so of them every year across various teams. Heck, the Falcons had one on day one. And, well, you know, the Giants are trying to prove themselves. Let's just sort of break this thing down step by step here uh, and, and see what happened. Tension started to rise. Uh, and this is according to Dan Dugan of The Athletic, who covers the Giants. He's their beat writer for The Athletic. Tension started to rise after Saquon Barkley lowered his shoulder and ran over cornerback Aaron Robinson downfield. And defensive players took exception to, you know, hitting that hard um, during a thud tempo period. You know, one of these lighter practice periods. Then running back Antonio Williams replaced Barkley, had a run towards Robinson um, that finished with a tackle and a minor scrum as the defensive player swiped the ball away from Williams after the play. Uh, then running back Gary 
Brightwell was taken down by Tate Crowder, and jawing proceeded. The next play was a handoff to Brightwell again. That gave center John Feliciano an opportunity to charge directly at Crowder. So now you got offensive players going back and forth. The players quickly locked up, and it looked like Feliciano tried to knee Crowder before the players fell to the ground in a heap. That's typically where the fight ends, but this one, no, not the case. It got worse. The sideline's completely empty. Backup linebacker Cam Brown sprinted on the field, and um, the 233 linebacker Cam Brown wound up dragging 325-pound Feliciano, who was on the ground, on the scrum by his collar. Well, that didn't sit well with offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, who now the coach enters the fight, proceeds to push Brown in the chest, and then gets a punch thrown at his head. Yeah. Well, there you go. Good job. It's always, it's always the coach's job to escalate the fight, not de-escalate the fight. Ah, what a mess the Giants will be this year. All right, let's hope the Braves can clean up their mess. But first, a word from our friends at Coffee AM. You guys have heard me tell you about the Coffee AM. Why? They're the best small batch roaster in America and right here in Atlanta. The freshest coffees you can get. I mean, when you open the box that Coffee AM sends you, you're going to get smacked in the face with some of the best smells you'll ever have in the world because most of their coffees are roasted and shipped the same day. So they're so fresh. You can absolutely smell it and taste it. And they only roast current crop specialty grade coffee. Huge selection from around the world. You know where Tanzania is? Probably not. You know where Sumatra is? Probably not. You might know where Kenya is, but if you don't, guess what? That's where the coffees are coming from all around the world. Organic trade, fair trade, direct trade, expertly crafted, blends, espressos, coffees, teas, gift sets, and more. And they're roasted right here in our backyard. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today to take to take a full look at their menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout and get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. All right, the Atlanta Braves start a series with the Boston Red Sox tonight. Two games set uh, before they get another off day and then head down to Miami for four games in three days. They'll put Charlie Morton on the hill. And uh, Charlie Morton's a lot of pressure on him here. You want to have a good bounce back start. Boston's a bad team. Can't afford to let him hang around. I think it's a very advantageous spot for the Braves uh, in this game going up against a bad team like Boston who doesn't score a ton of runs. Uh, Rich Hill is going for the Red Sox. Uh, he's not exactly good either. He's got a 4-5 ERA and a whip of 1.3. So, you know, the, the Braves can easily get right uh, tonight in a game against the, the Boston Red Sox. Now, that said, uh, I think it's interesting – when you think about where the Braves are right now from a standing standpoint and what is in their future. Let's just wrap our head around this for a moment here real quick. The Braves right now hold the top wild card in the National League. They have a four-game lead over the Phillies. I'm sorry, three-game lead over the Phillies and a four-game lead over the Padres. The way the Major League Baseball playoffs set up, one and two seeds get a bye, but the two-seed gets the winner of the lowest wild card and the lowest division winner. So Mets and Dodgers will be one Dodgers and Mets will be one and two seed. Whoever wins the Central, whether it's the Brewers or the Cardinals, is the three seed. So because the highest uh the I'm sorry, the lowest remaining 
wild card, the third wild card, would go face the division winner. The top two wild cards face each other. The top two wild cards would then go to the one seed, which baseball screwed up this whole thing. My point is, is that the Braves aren't going to win the division. Get the last wild card. It's a much easier path. If they get the top wild card, they see the Padres or the Phillies in the first round in a three-game series. Then they go to the Dodgers for five. Then they'd get the Mets for seven. That's before getting back to the World Series. Put it on the other side. If they end up with the last wild card, they'd get either the Cardinals or the Brewers for three, which they are much better equipped to beat those two teams. Then they get the Mets for five before facing the Dodgers for seven. The Mets for five is the real challenge. And and if you think the Braves are better in a five-game series against the Mets, which I would tend to think they are, than a seven-game series. Why? Because you're only going to get Scherzer and DeGrom back-to-back one time. Right? You get them in the first two games. And if you can steal one of those and you you can beat the other two off nights that aren't Scherzer and DeGrom because you'll get one of them to come back for game five, guess what? You're moving on because you won three out of four or three out of five in this case. You don't even see them the second time. I think that's the easier series because in a seven-game series, you have more off days, there's more games, and if you're, if you're only expecting to win one out of four starts between Scherzer and DeGrom – That means you've got to win the other three games. You have to. You have no choice. There's no room for error. I think versus the Mets in a shorter series is better than a longer one. The Dodgers, I don't need Braves can beat the Dodgers. They know that. They have the mental edge on them. But to me, this makes a little bit of sense here that actually the Braves, if they can't win the division, should get the last wild card. It is a much easier path back to the NLCS. And I, I think against the Mets in seven is worse than the Mets in five. That's just me. There's a lot more variance in a five-game series. You can have one bad thing happen, one bad pitch and a home run that changes the game. In a five-game series, it's so much more hard to overcome than a seven-game series. You have a lot more room for error in seven games than you do for five. So something interesting to think about. Not that I'm rooting for the Braves to lose. just popped up in my head, and I thought, well, you know, it could be a, could be one advantageous way to look at it. All right, that'll do it for us here on this Tuesday. Back again tomorrow right here on our live stream at 9 a.m. Eastern. Appreciate all you guys watching, giving support. Uh, We had a great turnout yesterday and certainly excited to see uh, what what our turnout is today and going forward. We're approaching 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. So we are doing so well, and we appreciate all the support that you guys have given us, not only here on A to Z, but Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste, as well, our Braves postcast. You'll hear it tonight right after the Braves game and Locked On Falcons, and Locked On Hawks. Thanks for all the support and love of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Excuse me. Certainly enjoyed you guys uh, spending some time with me today. Back tomorrow. You guys have a wonderful Tuesday. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.